Get him. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode is brought to you by Mossy Oak. Because everything is better in Bottomland. Kent Cartridge. Quality matters. Performance counts. Shen Gear. Waterfowl gear that is built better. And Benelli USA. Dominate the skies. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kinney. Joined by R.T. Bailey. Present. And our other co-host, uh, Spencer Halford. Hey. How are we doing today? We're good. How are you, Rob? Man, never better. Never better? Never better. Strong so, start. It's a good day. I've had, I, we haven't had to re- record this intro once uh, or twice, maybe even not even three times. But uh, here I am on episode 99 of the... In the rough. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm, in the, I'm in the rough. We've, we've had a few uh, duffs in that, here. But isn't that crazy, though? 99 episodes. Pretty awesome. I mean, while we're making golf you know, jokes in front of the reigning Somerville Country Club champ. That's yeah, right. That's uh, your first you hint. <laughs> while we're making golf jokes, 99 is about what I would shoot yeah. on 18 if I was left to my own devices and had enough golf balls in the bag. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm about to say I'd probably run out by, by then. But, man, we started this, this kind of really, really pushing the podcast about episode 11. Yeah. And you and I have recorded just about 90 episodes together and then adding, you know, more folks on here. It's been it's been a lot of fun. You got any jokes today, RT? I mean, are uh, you, okay, can't, not can't, yet. Can't put me on the spot. More, like more that of a color commentator. That's right. Gotcha. That's right. Okay. I needed to. I needed to. You know, <laughs> take place in front of me. So, I just need to add to there it. There you go. So today's episode is ought to be a good ought to be a good time. A little walk down memory lane mm-hmm. since last week's. What was last week's film? Was it episode fifty four or fifty five? Episode fifty five. Wow. Three ring circus. That's crazy. Winded Three ring down circus. Trade shows. So the reason that we named it Three Ring Circus is because generally, like, when I leave home or anybody affiliated with me leaves home, it turns into a, uh, let's see, a a poo-poo show. There you go. (laughs) That's the best way to not say it in French. But uh, And and back in the day, a buddy of mine who's present with us, Derek, started naming this Spencer's Adventures. And so it was always kind of a, you know – Derek's like was prior to children. He's gotten back there, but children unwound him a little bit. He was like the most prepared person that I knew. And so, you know, given given last week's film about trade shows and mm-hmm. just kind of finishing up. A, I mean, we just finished a long, arduous trade show season. We figured, you know, you guys actually, RT and Rob suggested, we need to get Derek on the podcast and tell some of the – Stories of trade shows gone by. That, that's right. You guys, opposites really do attract if y'all were trade show partners. So we, I just figured we need to get that nice velvety voice on the podcast. So yeah. wel- welcome on, Derek. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's been a long, hard road of trade shows, to say the least, but it's been fun. Woo. Yeah, no doubt. Do you re- what? What is the, I guess, uh, just to kind of some background color here, uh, the first time we hunted together was when opening weekend of 2011. Yeah, that's probably right. I don't think it was opening weekend. It was on in the season, but 
We uh, that opening weekend that we slept in the boat together was not the first time. No, I've come with a couple of buddies. Remember, I was oh yeah, plus we hunted at Dagmar together. One. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. It was a plus one of a plus one. I forgot about yeah. that. Yep. So what was the? Uh, that was that was our first opening weekend together. Okay. Yeah. That's when I so to to your point, you know, opposites attract. That's when I knew I could be friends with Derek. That's right. Because we'd we'd rented a hotel room up there at Black River. It was a whole pile of us, and I was like vintage, like I was Trip Hodges, you know, thirteen years ago <laughs> kind of thing. Like I had a whole group of buddies, and we had a place rented out. And uh, back then at Black River, there was not a four a.m. start time. Mm-hmm. So you could you know you could sleep in a hole if you wanted, mm-hmm. and we'd found a bunch of ducks. I mean, we had an awesome hold on it was like this long oval perfect little runway for a north wind hole and uh and there were a bunch of ducks and we i mean we'd seen them in the woods the day before we'd we'd walked in there and worked a bunch of groups and i mean we had it all dialed in so we were like we got to sleep in the hole and uh (laughs) i said i said all right i'm going to sleep in the hole anybody want to go the whole room went silent I mean, it was like 10 or 12 of my very best friends. I mean, they're like, mm. yeah. nobody said, said a uh, word. I'll go. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't realize. Exactly like that, too. Well, That's exactly I was standing what he in the said. corner, and I said, well, I'll go with you. I don't want you to go by yourself. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. We stopped at Walmart and bought a tarp because it was about to rain, and uh, we slept in the rain all night long. It, it drizzled Dang. all night long. Okay, Ugh. so when you, when you slept in the boat under the tarp, did you guys take – a pillow, a sleeping bag, or you kind of just propped up in your waders and your jacket, and yeah, like pretty much just how yeah. the boat laid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had an old Duracraft at the time, and the Duracrafts kind of like the War Eagles. They have a big swoop in the front of them, mm-hmm. and so we just kind of we tried every different <laughs> combination of positioning. Head that toe, we, you know, you go, <laughs> we we did because it was we couldn't get the tarp high enough to keep the water running off the tarp and into yeah. the water. Yeah. And like it was also cold, so we couldn't get the heater going good enough. I mean, it was a it was miserable. It was a good start to our relationship. That's right. That's one of those things you bond over, though. Yeah. You don't bond over the good times, really. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. You enjoy there've the been, good times, and, and and so I mean, there've been lots of adventures mm-hmm. that I've roped Derek into. There've been a few that he's roped me into, but generally there've been precarious situations we found ourselves in, and. One of the two of us bells the other one out. Um, I do remember a situation where Derek got us in a pretty precarious situation in Kansas. <laughs> Why don't you that was such a oh, knowing. Gosh. That was a very knowing laugh. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was an Spencer adventure that was my fault. The whole trip, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> the trip was my idea, I think. But yeah, it was your idea, and we were going to hunt public land turkeys in Kansas. Yep. Drove all the way up there. It was this truck. He just yeah, bought this just truck, bought right? Just bought this truck. Didn't have 2,000 miles on it. Uh, drove all the way up there 11 hours. About to run out of gas. It's about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. 24-hour diesel station. Didn't say anything about gas. Mm. Of course, the one, 12 pumps automated. First one I pull up to is gas. Mm. Had a green handle and everything yeah. to the tip top. To the top had a green handle and was gas. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. BP and it cr- no, no, it was, it was like a, a it was like a fuel and like a rural like ag. A, you yeah. know, boy. And the truck cranked. 
drove it, went to an auto parts <laughs> store to get something else, turned it off, cranked again, started going down the road, and it started sputtering. I was like, what in the world? Uh. Pulled over, and she went dead. Luckily, we were right next to a car dealership. We are like, what do we do? We went up there, and I, t- I took the like- cap off and smelled it. and was like, oh, gosh, I put gas in here. What mm. you know? mm. And we went to negotiate at the car dealership. They were closed. Was they, this they like just a Toyota or like a Ford or no, was this like was Carl's like, cars? Was, uh, Becker Auto Parts. Yeah. Like this was like <laughs> this was like a buy here, pay here place yeah. in yeah. no man's land. We Kansas. finance anyone. Hundred yeah, percent. That's right. Yeah. No credit, My no favorite problem. Car place in the world. Because they're great. I still have a koozie. Me too. And <laughs> they gave awesome. us two koozies. But we uh well, so what, talk to talk yeah, us more about, about the about horse the trade. And I feel like y'all are glossing over the best parts of this story. Yeah. I know you are. I've heard the story. Please <laughs> yeah. retell it with the same vigor as the last. Well, Spence time asked them to rent it. us a truck, but they didn't have anything to rent. So they actually told us they used to do that, but it was against the law in Kansas. Yeah. And so huh. we said, uh, "Well, you got something you can sell us." <laughs> <laughs> We still got the check somewhere. Yeah, I do. Yeah. For sure. That needs to go under the bar top, by yeah, the way. I yeah. need to try to find that. Yeah. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I've got a whole that pile of stuff on that trip. But anyway. <laughs> so we, we got to negotiating, and, and they were like, I can't remember exactly how we started, but they didn't wasn't like they had a bunch of crummy stuff on the lot. No. And I didn't have a whole lot of money in my checking account. I mean, yeah. but and we didn't have any cash. So it was... Somehow they they were like, well, we do have this one truck, and it was like the the Beckers owned it. You know, it was like their shop truck. Okay, oh, it was like a yeah, they a run out parts and stuff, Chevrolet or something. Correct. It was like a ninety one standard cab, long wheelbase, square body <laughs> Chevrolet, mm-hmm. and uh, had a giant hole in the bench seat between us. I mean, like a, <laughs> like a crater, you know. And I can't remember what they. What they agreed to sell it to us. It was for, like fifteen hundred dollars, and they mm-hmm. they said we'll hold the check, and when you bring it back, we'll just give you the check back. And yeah, because it was like a Friday afternoon, yeah. and we needed it until Monday. Like and we had and we had pulled just to make the, the <laughs> for the story later. We had pulled my golf cart up there on a the trailer. That's right. Uh, so we pulled the golf cart around with that truck the whole time. <laughs> Never got it off the trailer, but we pulled it around northeast Kansas though, and. That's how clueless we were, though. We were going to hunt public land, and we drug a golf cart up there because we were like, you know, you, you might, we might need well, it. Well, we I mean, thought we, about going by Lee and Tiffany. That's right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. We did We did think about that. But that truck, the heat blew wide open out uh, of the dash, and you couldn't you couldn't turn it off. The little like, slider didn't work. You couldn't make it blow in your feet. Yeah. It blew in your face. Wide open. <laughs> so we're riding with the windows down. <laughs> I think maybe 55 miles an hour was the max that yeah, truck would go or to. Or 50 or something. So yeah. It was, it was, yeah. it took us, we needed to go another 40 miles and it took us over an hour to get there pulling that golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> then so. we never found any turkeys. Oh, I about no. died in the dark because a turkey flew off a nest. That's right. That I, I forgot about right that. right beside her. And I forgot her wing that. hit me in the face. She was so close when she come yep. off of it in the pitch black dark. Yep. Holy smokes. That'll, that'll make ended you jump up, a little bit. Ended up paying a guy $100 yep. at least to we found two a, turkeys off of We him. found a business card on the uh, back door in the lobby of the hotel, the little crummy little hotel we stayed in. And we called this guy and we begged him. We were like, man, he was a deer outfitter. 
And so we, we got this bright idea that we'd call him and find out if he'd let us shoot a turkey. And he was like, well, hell yeah, you can shoot a turkey. He's like, you know, want to do $100? And I was like, yes. hell yeah. Yeah, I want to do that. And we Please. talked about it. But but I'll be honest with you, at the time, after already writing a check that they couldn't cash, yeah. <laughs> you know, for a truck, like we were both like, dang, I didn't really want to pay for a turkey. <laughs> but we did. And we, we both killed and one we, by 8 o'clock. Yeah, we doubled yeah. the next morning. It was it was pretty crazy but yeah and then <laughs> drop the truck back off they fixed my truck dropped the truck back off got his chick drove home 11 hours spence went to sleep i'm driving which is safer than if <laughs> make a make a wrong turn we're all the way back 30 minutes from home i make a wrong turn I'm like oh man whip in a driveway Throw it in reverse, just going to back back out. Cause you, and you forgot. Completely forgot I had a trailer. <laughs> in and I'm I'm talking about open the side of my truck up like a can of. I was like, what was that noise? Spence woke up and goes, man, you got a trailer on the back. I was like, oh, my God, I have a trailer on the back. Oh. I was like, this didn't have, by this Worst time, I had about 3,000 miles on my truck. <laughs> but, Still uh, had the plastic on the floor mats. Yeah. You know? Gosh, that's like 3,000 miles going on yeah. 300,000 right there with that amount of damage. Yeah, and that, I mean, that was a, it's a, Denali, it's a Denali truck. I mean, it was a nice, nice one, too. Truck. Nicest one you'd ever bought. <laughs> but it was a, that was a good ending to the trip. Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. So, Fitting. Yeah. No doubt. That was probably the best. Spencer's Adventures. We had a couple of good North father. Dakota uh, runs, too. Yeah. Derek was there when I got put in jail. Yeah. Nice. That was a crazy trip. That was actually Derek's we honeymoon. To, we had to pool our money and get him out <laughs> on that one as well. <laughs> was that my honeymoon? Yeah. That was that year? Yeah. Yeah. Wait. What do you mean that y'all was went your on honeymoon? Your, yeah. So I got married and left two days later to go to North Dakota. Oh, my Dakota. gosh. My wife's awesome, by the way. Yeah, she is awesome. Yeah. She is awesome. <laughs> That's pretty bold. Yeah. You did. You got married on a, what, a Friday night or a Saturday night, and we left on Monday? Yeah, Monday. Or something Tuesday. like that? It was like two or three days after. Yeah. That was yeah. my honeymoon. And, and we didn't just leave. We went for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. We had two different the, the idea back then. So this is, this is I'm trying to paint the scenario of what a loyal friend Derek is because <laughs> – Y'all know I have big, wild ideas. Crazy. Every one of them, Derek's like, okay, just goes along with. And so here he's getting married, and we're going on a two-week trip to North Dakota to host a couple of television shows because prior to the film series and prior to the, to the let's do a TV show idea, my thought process was let's take a couple of television shows hunting yeah. and get some publicity that way. So we hosted Chuck Belmore and John Justice from uh, – the Habit was what their television show was called at the time. Yep. And then Terry Horton from uh, Legacy Trails was the name yep. of their show. Yep. And he brought Bobby Martin, who is an Arkansas Game and Fish commissioner. Like, he owns Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. And he came and saw us at the Little Rock uh, show. Yeah. He was like, he was like, boy, you've come, a lo- you've come a long way since. That's I mean, awesome. Like, Bobby was, is one of the original – walmart executives like a very successful man in his own right you know and he flew up there we took him on an absolute goat rope in north dakota that was everything (laughs) was dry it was terrible terrible i don't think we killed 150 ducks in like 11 days hunting we can't even get chuck to go crow hunting with us now (laughs) (laughs) yeah and in between them in between 
in between Terry's group leaving and Chuck's group showing up or vice versa, I got put in jail. Um, nice. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. Have we ever elaborated that on the podcast or do people like think that you like were belligerent and got locked up? Like no, how do we, I wouldn't, I wouldn't belligerent. I don't know if we ever have or not. I mean, just, it, I would, we I would just elaborate. I would just elaborate on your charges just so somebody's imagination doesn't carry them away. Yeah. It was, it was a uh, illegal possession of a deadly firearm concealed, concealed possession of, we, we basically were going to dinner and, got pulled over and the guy said I changed lanes without using my blinker and he wanted my license registration it was in the truck so I gave him the keys and it was you know he opened the truck pistol in the door yeah yeah yeah, and I had a little sig in the front door pouch and he said it was concealed you're not allowed to do that in North Dakota and blah blah blah. he's a brand new officer Mm -hmm. and he he locked me up took me to jail (laughs) we were already in the restaurant we're like, yeah, where's Spence? Well, then it, so it was Derek like, your one call? No, uh, Kari was out there with him, I think. Yeah, oh, Kari it, rode with you. We, they took like an hour. And finally we were in two separate in. vehicles. Yeah. You drove your truck. I drove my... And we were like, where's Spence? And he said, he's in jail. we got to go bail him out in an hour. <laughs> like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're going to finish supper. <laughs> yeah, we ate. We ate and had yep. a couple of drinks, and then went and got him out of jail. Yeah, they did. In fact, <laughs> the, the waiter at that bar – had been the police officer's baseball coach. Yeah, Remember that? Because yeah. he t- the whole time he told them he was like he was like man he just started that job a month ago like he mm, he shouldn't he was be just doing looking. this. Yeah. So this is just as a side note if you're gonna be crazy and and go d- down this trail of adventure it's a good idea to know your friends' phone numbers. Memorize them. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I knew yeah. Carrie's and I knew Derek's by <laughs> memory. <laughs> We tried to I find that mugshot for your 40th like birthday party cards. in Nashville. That was going to be the things in the <laughs> yeah, cupcakes. That's right. We Lindy could not find that. it. <laughs> I've got it. It's in my favorites, but she didn't want to ask me. I've got it somewhere, but I could not find it. <laughs> so we got. I got out that. We got out. I got out that night, and Kari's wife Lauren had just graduated law school. Like, if that was in October, she'd graduated the May before. You know, four or five months before, and she got on some legal database and she'd pulled up my. She had gotten my mugshot off of whatever booking website i think it's available. like just book.com something or like something she, she had it she had it because because she was researching the charges and she was did it ever to... end up in one of those magazines that are on like the gas station counter like watch out north dakota don't be this guy. Yeah. I, I don't know rob we, we left north dakota promptly after this i didn't stay long enough to read the magazine oh man <laughs> but, oh so so let's talk trade shows. What, what do you remember about trade shows? Oh, yeah, do you man. remember the first one y'all did together? I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one. One of them we forgot to lay. The one of them we forgot calls or we forgot the inserts. Anyway, we've done a lot. We've, the, we've put calls together. The first one was the one they didn't fit, right? We had to get the CA glue and make them all fit. Yeah. The first trade show we did together, well, remember we went to – NWTF without having a booth. Right. We, at, like, we took the girls, and we went for a weekend. We kind of researched it. We'd heard that – like, we did a trade oh, show or yeah. two around here, uh, you know, and, and everybody was like, man, you know, NWTF's a big deal. And we had some buddies that went every year. And so we – I mean, and this would have been about 2012 because this will be our eighth or ninth NWTF. So mm-hmm. we took the girls. Yeah. We took Ronald and Julie – and we all went up there for the weekend, and we were like, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. So we I forgot basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> did a scout trip, you know. 
And uh, at that time, nobody at NWTF was selling duck calls. I mean, we were we were it. And uh, everybody hated us. Oh gosh, that's the truth. Uh, we had no we had we had no booth. We took the table. Uh, remember those plywood tables that I built? They're out here that have all the tools on them, like mm-hmm. these shop tables. We took we painted one black and took it with some. I showed up to Spence's house the night, the day before, and was That's like, "What awesome. do we need to do to get ready?" And he's sitting there putting paint. He's painting the calls the yeah. day before, so I started helping him paint the calls and sanding them. And that year, all we had was cut downs, and I had added acrylic barrels. So I had a whole box of oh, CNC the gentlemen's that were stamped, and you had to yeah. paint the inside of them. Yeah, and so they had just come off the machine, the the machine shop that was turning them for me didn't have um, any way of polishing them. So they would give me these barrels. and I mean, you had to – we had to put them on up. We built like a uh, like a collet or whatever, a mandrel on a drill. And so we'd slide it on there with O-rings, and then we'd spin them on a on – a, like a basically an angle grinder, a bench grinder with a, you know, buffing wheel on it. So both of them would be spinning at high speed. Yeah. <laughs> so like – Literally, garage. yeah. Literally, the <laughs> night before we were supposed to be leaving, me and Derek were supposed to leave the next morning. He comes over to the house just like out of the blue. Hey, anything I can do to help? And I'm in there like <laughs> trying to polish barrels. And oh, yeah. And the next year, the next year, I think was when you said we got to do better than just a table out front. Yeah, was that when I built the heaviest backdrop known to man? <laughs> Yeah, I built the front table was and it the still backdrop. Just the two of y'all. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the first couple of years we had friends that met us there, but I mean, Molly and Derek and Lindy and I would go together, and I mean, we couldn't have done it without Molly and Derek. I mean, it, it, yeah, was, it was. I'm still stuck on the first year though. So you didn't have a booth. Were y'all just literally just walking around the floor selling calls, just walking around? No, no, no. No, we just checked it out. Yeah, we just went and enjoyed the weekend. Yeah, yeah, we just attended as a a scout. Scout trip. For some reason, I was picturing you being like the trench coat guy. Open the the jacket. Calls all the way down. Any color you want, as long as it's black. It's right here, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. As long as it's black. (laughs) No, that was the... I think you got him with that one, Rob. <laughs> uh, no, we. The, I guess my kids were little, and y'all didn't have kids yet. So, but Molly was working in town, and so Molly and Lindy would leave on Friday morning, but Derek and I would leave on Thursday. And in those years, like the part that you're not telling is because I was working another job. I was never ready. I mean, never. Mm-hmm. Like, and I had no idea. I didn't know anything about a duck call. <laughs> so, But it was just long for the ride, kind of like yeah. sleeping in the hole that night. I mean, Appreciate Derek's it. just always been, instead of being, you know, some friends are like, hey, you know, you should, like, get ready. You know, other friends are like, I'm, I'm here. You ready to go? Like, you know, <laughs> Derek's just fine. <laughs> Tell with me it. what I can do. So, yeah. But, uh, I mean, in those years, we would take the reed punch and all the components for the calls because, I mean, you wouldn't sell them fast enough to matter. So my, my thought process, I was always working another job. And so my thought process, once we get there, if we have all the reeds and corks and the components and we can build calls. So we would take the, the buffing wheels with us 
We'd run an extension cord to somebody else's booth to get power. We'd take a, <laughs> take a lathe. I mean, that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome because it, it, power ain't cheap at NWTF. So, do you remember like <laughs> that that first year at NWTF that we that you built the booth? Describe exactly what you built because it was pretty monstrous. <laughs> yeah, the heaviest yeah. backdrop ever. I built like a eight foot bar top with metal wrapped in metal, oh, and God. it sat out front, and the back was like eight or nine foot tall cypress like that folded in half but the whole thing was framed out of two by fours and cypress it was on the one front. by two cypress like like Biggins. like we have on the wall yeah. i mean yeah. true and it know, had a, i built a little fake roof that hung on the back that <laughs> with out. cedar posts yes yeah, cedar posts it looked like a little house i bet it, i remember That's it really looking cool. good it was incredible. <laughs> it looked good, but man, after that first year, we were like, we got to do something else. I think rolling it out, we and broke an the ice wheels storm. off. There of for like three years in a row, it was an ice storm on Sunday leaving. Always. And uh, the wheels broke on the table. We'd put the backdrop on top of the table and push it out to the trailer, and the wheels broke. I think the whole booth probably weighed 5,000 pounds, and we had like 300 pound casters on it. I mean, like yeah. we hit one little crack and it went. <laughs> Yeah, and so then we but. drug it out on three wheels, <laughs> but uh, but you know because the calls weren't ready, I mean a lot of times we would take all that booth stuff, and we'd put the calls together without any reeds and corks, mm-hmm. and so we'd mm-hmm. put them on the on the you remember that we'd put them out yeah. on the on uh-huh. the stand. <laughs> And so the first up, pick them up. I swear, the first couple dozen people that came by would pick up a call and go. <laughs> and you'd have to go. Those are parts. Hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on a minute. We're tuning them. They're tuning them. They're running a little bit behind. You know. We'd, but I think that sold as many calls as anything. Did, people watching did. them. We'd you'd get sit put there, together. Piece it together. Yeah, that kind of custom experience. Yeah. Here you go, blow this one. Holy smokes. That's how you I learned selling. about a duck call was watching him put them together and tote them for somebody. I didn't know a thing about a duck call And you were that. just selling originals, 45s, and two-strokes? No, two-strokes hadn't made it yet. Yeah, two-strokes hadn't made it. We and were selling originals. 12 or 13? 12 and 13. 12 was when I came out with the Easy Bark, mm-hmm. the Colt 45, and... um. I guess the hybrid was early in 13. So the hybrid was kind of our high-end model. It was 100 bucks is what we charged for it. And then everything else was 40 bucks. The gentlemen's came after the hybrid yeah, because so many people were wanting to put a keyhole in a acrylic hybrid barrel that I was like, all right, we need to – and also we were taking a ton of criticism on all the web forums for having the raised letters on the barrels. So everybody called them the motorcycle grip. You know, it was – yeah, you know, people, the BSODs. People didn't like it initially. You know what I mean? Like that was. I think those are so cool, though. They're I cool love the and they're collectible letters. now. But I mean, at the time, it was like this is gaudy looking, you know. So, <laughs> but that was all we had to sell. Yeah, and we didn't. We wouldn't package any of them up. We'd just take them in boxes, and we had boxes on boxes and boxes of just loose stuff, and everything was kind of organized in what it was. And I mean, the first afternoon that we'd be there, Derek would sit there and hammer reeds out while I was tuning them and we just kind of assembly line them That's like cool. that. <laughs> yeah. It made, I mean, it did, it made people come over to the booth because you'd make up, you'd, you'd blow a duck call and make a bad sound, but then you'd tune it and you get it sounded right. And I mean, it was, they're like, Oh, I can blow this. Yeah. <laughs> but you've, y'all seen it. Like, like mm-hmm. when people, when we blow calls in the booth, it's like trolling for ducks. I mean, people just kind of migrate over yep. and <laughs> it worked. Definitely. But, uh, and then I guess the second year that we did NWTF was when we launched the Swamp Fox 
and the beast. And that was the probably the most colossal <laughs> cluster of all clusters. I mean <laughs> Was that the same year you did the bands on the originals? On the barrels? No, we did the bands almost straight away. Really? Like probably like the big twelve almost or like two span looking ones? Uh no, that would have been a little later. I want to like say 16? that was probably fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. But the first year of the Swamp Fox was when we went. We had decided that we needed it, it was before the gentleman's and we had the hybrid, but I was having trouble getting those built and for some reason, I mean, the the hurdle at these shows back then, nobody knew how to blow a cut down, right? Mm-hmm. So the hurdle back then, including including, including Derek, including right? Me. The the hurdle back then was getting people to blow them. Yeah. And so when somebody walked up to the booth, you'd have to kind of coach them through. This is going to be really hard to blow, and you know, yeah, everybody'd to, say, "Here, you blow it." And they're like, right. "No, here, you try." It. And they'd go, "What is this?" You know, they'd pick it up because it didn't look the there, same, right? Yeah. There wasn't a mondo. There wasn't a you know. There wasn't stuff to. I mean, I guess there was by twelve, but it wasn't popular. It wasn't what it is now. You know, mm-hmm. so there and there weren't any other cut downs on the market. I mean, it was just us and basically R and T, and I mean, Black Ops was almost done by then. You know, they, yeah. they didn't last long at that point. And so it um, it was what we always would kind of reflect on was you were always trying to in- explain to somebody why they needed that. Like everybody right. had a duck call. It wasn't like anybody yeah. needed a new duck call. Mm. And then you're giving them one that's like extra hard to blow. And so it was just kind of you're fighting a double whammy. And so we had to, I had the wild idea that we need to we need to build a J frame kind of a standard. We just need a call that everybody that walks up to the booth can blow because you're watching thousands of people walk by to sell one forty dollar duck call at the time, <laughs> you know. And so we did some figuring and designed one, and so we we designed the Swamp Fox. And there are places that you can there's machine shops that do nothing but make acrylic duck calls for people like they're they'll private label your calls, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I'd gotten with one of these and I started like in November, you know, well in advance of, of NWTF with the idea of launching, you know, this call at NWTF. Um, cause there's so many people there and we were like, man, if we just had one that everybody could blow, man, it'd be awesome. And then colors and, you know, like you said, black. I mean, that was all we had basically in the molded stuff, black and pink were the two colors. And, uh, and so, so I, I worked with with this shop and designed it and liked the shape of it. And I turned one turned a bunch of them by hand in order to get this style and the shape that I liked down. And uh, the guy that was building them for us just kept, yeah, they'll be ready tomorrow. They'll be ready tomorrow. They'll be ready tomorrow. I mean, he did that from first of January until the day we were supposed to leave. And mm. the day we were supposed to leave, we had the whole booth packed up and the calls were supposed to show up to my house that day. So we, we were packing with the expectation of the calls showing up and us taking the box of parts, putting them in the trailer with us and going to the show and painting them, buffing them, tuning them doing everything at pressing the bands on doing all that at the show. But you have to remember that was not uncommon. I mean, that was just how I did trade shows at the time. (laughs) We didn't, I didn't have, you know, we didn't, didn't have time to do it during the day, you know? Uh, Anyways, I, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, but as I recall, they didn't show up. And so we went ahead and left. 
because the guy finally, I got him on the telephone, and he said that he would just overnight him directly to the um, to uh, Opryland. the Opryland Hotel. Yeah. yeah. So we, you know, we we took all the everything we could imagine that we needed to build duck calls. We loaded. I mean, and at that time, like. Remember, one of the tables that we had in the booth was my shop table. The, the, I mean, it's, it was a plywood. It was like two feet wide by eight feet long, a half sheet of plywood. And so to go to NWTF, I had to clear everything off of that table. Remember that? Yeah. In the shop. I had to take, like literally I was taking the shop <laughs> to whatever booth we were working <laughs> in. And it was a 10 by 10 booth. I mean, this was not it a was gonna be tight. 20 by 60 yeah. or anything. Um. Um. We got there, and um, this is where you're going to have to help me fill in some details, but the, they just didn't fit together. Yeah, none ahead. They were just enough they'd all slide out. You put the insert in them, and they just Turn go. upside down, they just yeah. bloop, bloop, pour them out every, like every one of them. And it was oh man, probably 200 calls. I mean, and I had paid through the nose for them. Like, I don't remember what it cost back then, but it was a bunch, and – I mean, I'd bought the material months before, and you talk about stress. Oh, man. Full panic mode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what'd you do? Yeah. I mean, how'd you get out of this one? Man, uh, and, my, and mind you, let me just add, I basically, I don't think we had much of any other inventory. We didn't have many of the uh -huh. molded calls because that was about the time that the BSOD mold was tearing up. Because it was an aluminum mold, it wasn't stainless steel. So right. the life of that thing was only, you know, five thousand parts or eight thousand parts, and we had we had exhausted it because with heat, the aluminum expands and contracts. Huh. And I mean, so the mold had gotten really crummy, and I was in the process of trying to build a new mold. So kind of, I, I had put all my eggs in the basket of that of that deal. And I remember us standing there in the booth, you and I, and I remember saying, if if these calls don't work, I don't have anything to sell. Yeah. Like I, and, and the booth was astronomically expensive or it felt like it at the time. But uh, I'm trying to think it was Mike Stelzner that suggested the CA glue. And so what we did was um, we called Kari because Kari and La everybody else was there, all our friends. Kari and Lauren were coming that night. Mm -hmm. That was like a Thursday night. And the show opened on Friday morning. Kari and Lauren were driving up Thursday afternoon, and so I called Kari, and Kari and Lauren went to my house. They they detoured off I-40. They were living in Jonesboro. Detoured off I-40, came through Oakland and went to the house, and somehow I got them into the garage, and they loaded up my lathe, my wood lathe, and found the CA glue <laughs> and a and couple rolls of paper towel and uh, – the activator, I can't remember all the things that we needed, but basically they got there about midnight, let's just say. And um, at the Opryland Hotel, beside, you know, like the beds are, are here, and then there's a bathroom, <laughs> and the bathroom has a door, and out front of the bathroom is that little, it's like a sink, mm -hmm. you know, so that somebody could be showering, somebody could be doing their hair at that mm -hmm. sink. Well, that, that we put that lathe on top of that sink, and put bath towels underneath it, up up the window, and um, and they woke me up when they got there at midnight. And so from midnight or so till the show opened, I took 
Q-tips and CA glue and, and applied. CA glue is, is essentially super glue, which is what a lot of people use to finish wood, fancy wood. It's, right. it, it dries clear. You can mm. polish it. You can sand it. It's ultra durable. It's cyanoacrylate or something like that is the chemical. But I sat there with every one of those barrels, and I'd spin them on the lathe and, and, and just one little bitty layer at a time until you build it up enough to where the insert would stick in there. <laughs> and uh, stayed up all night that Thursday night, and and Derek was polishing them, as <laughs> at, you know the outside of them because they didn't have paint on them, they didn't have anything. God. And uh, and so we we made it to the show opening, and I I know that none of those calls were tuned. We tuned those right there on the table, tired as we could be. And then again, that meanwhile, was anyone else trying to like sleep in that room? Lindy, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> I was trying sure. to figure out if y'all for had multiple sure. rooms. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we had. I mean, they had a room and we had a room, but. I mean, Lindy slept in there, and I and I just powered through. And man, the, the next morning we tuned them, and dang, we sold nearly nearly every one of them. Yeah, and we sold a bunch. We sold a bunch, and ultimately ended up uh, selling everything that was in that batch. And I had to, I ended up paying the guy for them. Um, he gave me a little bit of a discount, but he was a total turd about it. He never replaced the parts, mm. and. Um, and so I had to I had to find a different machinist and all that jazz, but yeah. You were talking about collectors. No, I was just about to what say, have you talked to anybody subsequently who's like, hey, I think I found one of those CA calls or anything no. like that? No, the only way somebody would know they had them <laughs> was to stick their finger or pinky in the inside of it and feel you you might could feel the glue, but I mean I did a pretty good job of polishing the inside of them. I gotcha. So that so it's not just like right at the end of the. In oh the no no no! Way up towards the top, halfway. I mean, I'd I'd stick a, so the barrel would spin, and I would stick a Q-tip in there as far as I could <laughs> and draw out. a line out. Yep. Right, and so as the as the call is spinning, it's spinning real slow, and you're, you 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 drag that that uh, glue across it, and then you spray a an activator which uh-huh. hardens it. And you do that two or three times. You build those layers. And you yeah. build those see layers. If, see if the insert will fit in. And yeah, then, that's and then awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's making it happen. Yeah. And a bunch of them were, a, <laughs> I remember a bunch of them were transparent colors. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. So you could, some of them you could see it. And we'd had every now and then somebody would put one in there. There's some and Q-tip like the fuzz side of still the, on it. You're like, mm. Not so much that, but like the <laughs> side of the tone board would go in there and scratch the glue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh so, like so we every now and then we'd pull one off the side. I'm like, no, no, you need it. this one right here. This one sounds man. Good. I mean, and I don't, I don't endorse that, but that's what Stelzner told Mike Stelzner was the one who told me that he was like, you got your lathe and CA glue, and I was like, no. And here I am. I've got every other thing that was imaginable from the shop except my lathe, and you know. Anyways, that's wild. <laughs> that that, that y'all made it happen. <laughs> so the next year. That so that started a conversation. So Derek's real claim to fame here with all like the, our product line is Derek was one that kept saying you got to make these duck calls where they can people can blow them. And I was like, and, I've been blowing them for twenty years and I can't blow one. Yeah, he's like, I, I mean, I know how to blow a duck call and I can't blow one. And so go ahead, you you tell that story. Well, yeah, a friend of ours was getting married and said, hey, I want to get Spence to make me a a call for to give my groomsman. So he had talked to him and. Uh, Spence made a double read for a couple of our other buddies. A lot of people in this part of the world blow a double yeah, read. Yeah. Tons well, of Spence, our friends. The first argument, Spence always said, a duck only has one tongue, so I'm not putting two reads in a duck call. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> that you know? is fair logic. Yeah. I used to say that all the time. <laughs> all the time. And, well, 
A good friend of ours, Bradley, was one of the groomsmen and got one of the calls. And he said, man, you've got to blow this call. Come to my, I got it in my truck. And I blew it and was like, oh, my God, I got to have one of these. So <laughs> I, went, I went in and all the calls Spence had given me, I, I got him to give me some of the reads that he had gotten. And I got put all my calls together and pieced them together and made my own. And I said, man, I love this call. You, we got to make it. You got to make it. And he made a bet with me. And he said, you sell 20 of these at NWTF, <laughs> and I'll make them. So we got there, and I think we did the same thing. We had to 15? put a few of them together. 2015? Uh, I printed the picture the other day for the bar top, by the way, of you did with you? those two boys and that chartreuse good, colored barrel. Good story about that, too, because <laughs> that call made its way back to me. Uh, did it really? Yes. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so we were putting the – we were literally punching the reeds out for that one as well because we had, you'd just gotten the thinner reeds. Yeah. And we were punching them out in front of everybody and making them. So everybody that asked about them, we were literally making them for them. And the first two boys that walked up sold both of them one. Well, one of them, he said, will you sign my call? And Spence had one of them little things – the little, engraver, the Dremel yeah, micro. And, well, and I said, "Do you care?" Pack. And Spence was like, "No." So I signed the boys' insert, put the date on it, and, and I took uh, their picture. I yeah. mean, I've I've printed he was their from, picture. He was out. from South Carolina, I think, somewhere over on the East Coast. That's really cool. It's well, Derek standing there with the chartreuse <laughs> in blue. Call yeah, the first two, and uh, we sold every one of them. He had. We ended up having to put originals together. As double reads, I think we sold forty three or something with that shit. Wow. Like, he was taking single read originals and taking the read out of them, putting two ten mil reads in, and I mean he'd have to tap tap hammer two reads out, put it together, and dimple the top read and get it right, trim it, and give and, it. You know, they just stand there and they were. By the time he'd get one watching. done, somebody else would want one. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and and so what he's getting at is. We, I had a, had a box of inserts that didn't have original engraved on the end of them. And that was going to be our, our, you know, test ones. So if somebody, some people didn't want original written on the end of it. So I'd always have some that weren't engraved. Mm. And then, and then I figured these that weren't engraved, we'd just use for these, you know, for these double read calls. And so, you know, Derek was tuning them up. Well, he, he ran out. Of, he's like, we don't have any more of those. What do you want me to do? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And he goes, well, isn't it the same as the original? I was like, yeah. And he said, why don't we just put two reads in, in an original? Okay. <laughs> so he started taking the regular original gentleman's barrel and the original set originally. And he'd tell him, he's like, this is not actually the original. It's a double read as well. We don't have a name for it, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, we didn't even have, we didn't even call it the two stroke then, <laughs> no, did we? No, we didn't. And to backtrack, I didn't know anything about a duck call before I met Spence. I was scared to take them apart when I had one that sounded good, you know, mm -hmm. but I watched him and I learned everything I know about a duck call from Spence. But, but with that first one that I engraved, I had a buddy two years ago. He called me. He said, "Man, I just bought a call on a two-stroke online that had, that spent signed. Do y'all want it?" And I said, "What color is it?" And he told me, and I said, "Take it apart and see if it says Spence on it." He, I said, "Look close." And he said, "Man, that's your name." <laughs> and I said, "You just bought the first two-stroke we first sold one. at NWTF, and he lives in Brownsville, <laughs> twenty miles up the road. That's oh my awesome." Off the, and he goes, "I'll give it to you." He gave it to me. I've got it in my I'll safe. I'll be dang. 
That's crazy. That's I didn't really realize cool. that. I mean, I it went all the way to the East Coast with them boys and came yeah. all the way back. Yeah. And that was one of the fun things about NWTF. It still is fun. People come from all over the yeah. country. And so every year at NWTF, we'd meet people. We'd see, I mean, just like the connections and the stories that get told right there, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. or especially when it was things like we were punching reeds and, I mean, tuning calls and like, because people remembered that stuff, you know, and it, it wasn't, we weren't trying to, we're just trying to make it. I mean, we're yeah. trying to, <laughs> my yeah. goal, my goal at NWTF was awareness, brand awareness. And if I could pay for our hotel, my hotel room and his hotel room and get, and, and maybe one meal. And I think we got close the first year and then we, you know, some years we didn't make a whole lot of money, but we always paid for the trip, you know? Yeah. So it was always kind of a good getaway for the girls, the end of duck season, you know, cool. but, but I mean, so it was just like, I mean, couldn't have planned that out. Yeah, <laughs> but that's uh that is that's where the two stroke came from. And so after, I mean, after we, after we built, after Derek built all those, he was like, "Man, you you got to do this." And I'm like, "Dad, gum it." And I, I did. I had forgotten. I made you that bet, and I said, "If you, you know, if you sell twenty of them, I'll I'll make it." And so then we went about trying to name it, and I can't remember where we got the name two stroke, but. Um, it might have been. I think there. we were standing around a motor or something, and I said, what Could about have been. Stroke? Yeah. Jeff Jones always tells me that he came up with that name, and I just don't remember that conversation. No. But, uh, anyways, it, it it's it's always been a very popular call, and it was just kind of, you know, necessity's the mother of ingenuity. Because, I mean, like I said, nobody that walked up to the booth could blow could a cut down. Could blow a cut down. And so. We were always trying to trim the reeds or mm-hmm. put thinner reeds in them. We were always trying to trick it out to make it where somebody could blow it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's like people – I mean, how many people have y'all heard this summer walk up to the booth and they can all blow a cut down yeah. really well? Yeah. And if they can't, you'll never know because they just buy one and they're gone. They you know, they're going to yeah. learn. But yeah, crazy how times have changed just in that respect that, you know. But Do you kind of miss – I mean, I, I – it's probably fun looking back on it, but do you kind of miss some of the ragtag insert? Uh, no, I don't. That was not fun. I mean, that part of it, it, it was not, it wasn't that I was like overly disorganized and messy. It was just, I was trying to do too many things at one time in my life right mm. then. You know, I was yeah. trying to work at the clinic and I was trying to just make ends meet on the call side and there just wasn't enough time for, wasn't enough time to be prepared. And, and that's one of the things this summer that I've, I've kind of, smiled about and thought about multiple times is every show we've been to we've been one of the first five vehicles that got there and got set up like in little rock we were the third truck that drove in the booth into the exhibit hall and me and Derek never drove in and we didn't even know you could drive in an exhibit hall i mean we'd get there that <laughs> we'd get there at, if the show started at one o'clock you could count on us getting there at twelve fifty-five. we set up during most i mean Every year when NWTF opened on Friday morning, we were tuning calls as they were saying the national anthem and praying. I mean, routinely saying, give us, give us a few minutes and come back and see us. We're still getting set up. You know, I mean, yeah. it was – but That's cool. Yeah. Would y'all ever believe it'd be where it is today back then? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, but I'm glad of this. Yeah. Me too. I – I always, you know, I wouldn't say I didn't believe and had doubts. Like, I I, I believed that it could be. Mm-hmm. But 
what I always told people at those shows, people would say things like, now, is this what you do full time? Nope, nope, nope. And what I would always tell people is I I wasn't going to work at my hobby. You know, I didn't want to do it full time. And, um, and so I never really fully believed that we would be here because I didn't think that I would ever actually have the opportunity in life to change gears and full tilt pursue something that was a hobby and for it to be a, a business. But I mean, even back then, you could kind of see the the beginnings of people digging what we were doing, you know, like, oh, like yeah. liking the, the brand. And every year at NWTF, we'd see the same people. And, and I mean, we'd – like, you remember every the guy year. from every year? And, they, and they'd all buy – every year they'd buy. And so every year we'd, we'd do a little better with the same group of customers. But you remember the guy from Honey Break? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> how, many, yeah. how many calls do you reckon he's got? Yeah. I guarantee you he's got – five of the CA calls guarantee it. Remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. He, he bought two of, we came out with the swamp Fox and the beast. And, uh, I mean, he bought two or three of them. And I mean, I had some wood barrels too. It seemed like the year after that, that I turned and every year he would come up and he'd, he'd buy one, at least one of everything that was new. That's cool. And there were several other people like that, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> we always had the other funny thing that Derek probably got me out of, I'm just rambling now and thinking of stories, but you know, I, every now, I, I can have a little bit of a temper, you know, um, it's okay. You can laugh. Y'all can all <laughs> yuck it up. Uh, and Derek's pretty even keeled. And, uh, there've been on more than one occasion in the woods where, you know, I've been pretty fiery and Derek's kind of just put his arm around me and kind of, Gently hugs he's me. Been, he's, he's your like, get back coach. He's like, he's like you. You need to stop talking. <laughs> and that that uh, that carried through on a couple of trade show experiences because, I mean, nobody likes a duck call booth at a trade show because we're blowing duck calls mm-hmm. and I mean it's loud. And dude, with that with that backdrop that Derek built, when customers would blow the call, yeah, it would hit that cypress <laughs> and it would just radiate out <laughs> into the room. And there was one particular. There was a year that we got put next to this really sweet couple from Wyoming or something. Yeah, Montana or Wyoming. Something like that. They were elk outfitters, and they had like a high-fence operation, and they were just nice as they could be, big cowboy hats, setting these director's chairs. And, man, I don't think they sold a single hunt the whole three days at NWTF because our bunch was drinking beer and blowing duck calls and just, you know, I mean, (laughs) wide open. And all we had was a 10 by 10 booth and we'd have seven people sitting back there and two people working. And I mean, we'd pack that thing out. And, uh, (laughs) what happened? Did they ask not to be next to us? Yeah. (laughs) And, and it's something, I can't remember the details, but either I missed my appointment time. Like they moved their their booth and and asked not to be next to us and I missed my appointment time or something and I think I I went back like a couple weeks later called the NWTF office and got and got a booth booked and it ended up being right beside them mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next year we rolled they show in up and they'd like, set up their booth their booth was 20 feet wide had big elk heads I mean it was beautiful yeah. their booth was way professional ours was like rough cypress and you know duck calls that weren't tuned and uh, they were walking out of the hall at like nine thirty on Thursday night, and we're we're getting there, you know, for an eight o'clock open the next morning, and they're like, "Oh, 
started sinking in. They were like, we're next to y'all again. You guys. Mm. Yeah. We had people throw things now at us. Now we laugh about it. Yeah, we, we do. Throw that, things at remember you? Remember the folks behind us that year that threw that like a – it was like a like a miniature basketball. They threw it over the top of the <laughs> – I must have been in that, the bathroom. That may, have been in, that may have been in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Somebody threw – yeah, threw like a, like a ball over the top and knocked a bunch of calls off. And anyways – Good times. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> Sounds like a heck of a time for sure. Yep. So, come a long ways. Thanks to you, Derek. Yeah, I've just been part of the ride. Shoot. <laughs> Shoot. You've literally gotten me out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So. Well, that's really cool to see how far it's come and to see how, you know, still has that DNA mm-hmm. that y'all found it early. Yep. We just got a few more bodies in the booth, and we might be a little bit more organized heading into trade shows. That's true. That's true. Dude, you know, we've turned it around since February. Like, I know. It's it. way better true. than it was even in February. I mean, so. I wish yeah. we had the setup that we had in in Birmingham mm-hmm. or Little Rock or Huntsville at NWTF yeah. this year. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it'll – it'll Next like, year. Yeah. I think we're about – I'm about ready to retire the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, yeah. I think we're – Yeah. I think we're moving on. Yeah, I'd say – Bigger and better I'd and say, lighter. I'd say the Ark of the Covenant is <laughs> no more. I haven't been around the Ark of the Covenant for long, you but know, I have seen some pretty impressive for things those done that, with the Ark of the Covenant. For those that think that, you know, we've, like, just figured it out, you know, years ago, I mean, we set, Derek and I set that Ark of the Covenant up for the first time at NWTF. Just well, the two of y'all? For the first time. Yeah. Three or four years ago, we figured that thing out with no bolts Derek had to go to the store and buy the, the the people who built it forgot to put the bolts in there. And it Oh, has, I thought y'all meant y'all just leaned it all together. Yeah. And I was like, that's a death trap. No, we you know, did. We did. We figured out how to put we assembled it and figured out how to get it up with no instructions and at no NWTF in our booth. And I no bought hardware. the wrong bolts first. Was that the seat? Was that the year y'all numbered everything? Because there was no numbers or letters no, on it, putting it together. It had letters, yeah. but the I gotcha. But the you remember how it has that closet? The the letters yeah. don't go in into that. Well, they go in alphabetical order A through. But we didn't know J, how they started. But we didn't know. You know, you would think if you're standing at the back of it, you'd think A starts on the left or on the right. But A starts like where the door is, and so it goes around a corner. And it's not. It's counterintuitive until sure, you sure. see somebody do it, and then it's like, oh, this is no big deal. But yeah, yeah. So Derek would run <laughs> to run to Home Depot and buy bolts and <laughs> come back and. I mean, it just first ones I got were too long. <laughs> then I had to go get some more. Like, <laughs> always something. That's right. But you know, I, the last thing I'll just say is, uh, you know, we've laughed and told some stories, but you know, Toxie always says that we're all standing on the shoulders of giants, and you know, behind every successful person is more than one person that helped them get there, and whatever mm-hmm. little bit of success I've achieved in the call business has largely been related to my friendship with Derek because he's just always been there. And, I mean, it hadn't mattered whether it was polishing duck call barrels or sleeping in a hole, you know, on the upper island. Like, it, like some some friends just are there and stick close, and he's always been one of those guys. So, uh, 
appreciate it. Yes, sir. And it hadn't always <laughs> been an adventure. We do kill stuff together. That's <laughs> we kill a lot of stuff. That's exactly right. Yeah, so. It's been very exciting. The adventure usually doesn't happen while we're hunting. It's usually on the way there, on the way yeah. home with flat tires and <laughs> wrong kind of fuel. But um, it's been a great ride. It has been. I it, hope we. Yeah, it's not over yet. Not close. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember this conversation, Derek, but do you remember what when we started filming? for what we thought was going to be the television show, which would have been in 16, the year before the film series. When we started filming for that, do you remember what the what I told you the goal was? Remind me. <laughs> That's all right. The goal, the goal was, actually, this was before the film series, but when we first went to North Dakota, our goal was to – figure out how to go on these trips, these hunting trips, so that we could take our boys back. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was always our goal. It was like, like when we went to Kansas, it was like, we need to go figure this out now while our, while our kids are not old enough so that when we decide to take our kids back on these trips, you know, we, we can. And then, it, and then it turned into, well, you know, we need, to, we need to do this television show so that our kids can grow up getting to hunt for a living. And, I mean, it's, and so it's, there's, there's, it's pretty cool that, you know, our boys are years hadn't got to kill one yet, but they're it won't be long. They're <laughs> they're, they're coming along, yeah. but you know, it just at little the little you know places along the way, like it it continues to just take care of us, and it's pretty neat. So that's about all I got. About all I got. <laughs> Good way to wrap it up, man. That's cool. What are friends for? That's right. So. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Yep, number ninety nine in the books. Catch you next time. I just remembered something. Yeah, we're back. I just remembered. I I went and took a bathroom lavatory break, you know, and it occurred to me one thing I didn't say is Derek was also the very first cameraman that Rolling Thunder ever had. Really? Yeah, when we got to be friends, Derek had one of those, was it a Campbell cameras? Yeah, yeah, I I been videoing self videoing deer hunts for a few years and <laughs> goose hunts and <laughs> yeah and we i mean we videoed a we he has videoed a bunch of stuff of 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 that we did together just it's all on tapes and stuff <laughs> yeah tell us what else you just said oh yeah by the way <laughs> yeah no, i guess it was the very first duck hunt we had you know on a normal car expense duck hunt we may have 19 20 people hunting you know so the first volley came in and I'm videoing and something hit me really hard in the collarbone. I was like, oh my gosh, what was that? And I dig through my shirt and I had a pellet from somebody had shot me and gone through two layers of clothes and I got it out of my shirt. <laughs> I'd forgotten that completely. Was that when we, was that when you were the plus one plus one? No, with, that was, that was, may have been the hole we slept in that night. Uh, oh, with the group that stood on yeah, the other side of the hole. Yeah. That, so that, that, the opening morning where we slept in the hole, the reason we slept in the hole is we knew that Paul was bringing his bunch and we wanted to be there first yeah so we slept in this hole it was a long narrow hole and they come in about 20 minutes before shooting light and they set up on the opposite end of the hole mm. so we're all facing each other it looked like we called it the revolutionary war because we were all facing one another and they laid they put their boat in front of them had their guns laying across their boat their guns were pointing straight at us and we'd have killed 20 limits that morning oh. i've been there but yeah. Every time the ducks would get right and set up and come down over the top of the trees, they'd just start shooting at them just to keep us from being able to shoot. Boy. It is impressive that nobody gotten 
serious. No one else got morning. shot. Just Derek that day. Yeah. I forgot, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was it. We just wanted to come back on here and tell one more story. See y'all. <laughs> Thank you.